You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hi, thanks for tuning in to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the Communications Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, my guests on the show are returning back to the show. They spoke with us about a year ago, Jay and Diane Zarkowski. They head up Canna Advisors based in beautiful Boulder, Colorado, so I'm happy Happy to welcome welcome them back to the show. Welcome, Jay and I. Thank you, Bethany. Bethany, great to be here with you today. Awesome. Great. Um, so as I mentioned, we have had you on the show before about a year ago, and we were deep diving, talking about licensing that was taking place in various states across the country, and your work, your company's work on those applications. Um, it was it was quite a year. So that may be one of the reasons you were awarded the Industry Excellence Award that NCIA hands out at our Seed to Sale show just recently in February. Um, congratulations, first and foremost, for receiving the award for Industry Excellence. How do you feel about that? And, and what does winning that award mean to you both in your company? Well, thank you for the congratulations. Uh, It was a wonderful surprise to get the award. You know, we've been founding members of NCIA since the early days when it was just Aaron and, uh, you know, Jay and I would jump in any way we could to help the organization because we believe in it so much. And to get this award was a really big honor for us. It's important because it really focuses on some areas that we really truly believe in, which is advocacy, education, and community. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are NCIA's three pillars. Absolutely. So thank you for that. Jay, how about you? 
it's critical. I mean, anybody in this in, in this industry right now, I think, needs to uh, at some point spend a certain amount of their time on advocacy, on education, on community. It's really like to say here at Can Advisors, you know, working in this industry is like trying to f- fly a plane while you're building that plane. So <clears throat> we all have to go out. We have to all work together. We have to continue to build this industry while we uh, while we profit from it. That is so true. Uh, we're we're kind of making things up and refining and fine tuning as we go along. I really like that flying a plane while you're still putting it together. <laughs> That's a really good example. Um, so let's let's talk more specifically about those three pillars: advocacy, education, and community. And in what ways your company exemplifies leadership in those three areas. Um, so let's start with the advocacy portion. Well, we participated in the first lobby days in 2012, and we've participated every year since. And one of my favorite parts of lobby days is that I get to be a group leader and take around people that have never done it before. And it's just really wonderful to meet all the new people that are coming into the industry. When we started in 2012, I think I was one of maybe a dozen people that went. And now I can't remember the numbers exactly, Bethany, maybe you didn't know, but I want to say it was close to 400 people last year. Um, it was about 250, and this year we're expecting over 300, and, and we're kind of thinking it could get closer to 400 this year, yeah. That's amazing. We, uh-huh. you know, we, so we, particip- we participate in the lobby days, but we also contribute financially to other organizations that help the industry, like MPP, SSDP, uh, the cannabis uh um, uh, can, the California Cannabis Industry Association and also the Minority Cannabis Business Association. So advocacy is definitely something that we contribute both our time and money to. Oh, that's great. And those are all great organizations. Marijuana Policy Project, Students for Sensible Drug Policy. Of course, CCIA is one of our state affiliates and MCBA, one of our uh, industry partners also. Those are all fantastic organizations. Great. Um, Okay, so we got the advocacy portion, two more pillars. Um, As far as education goes, where do you feel your strengths are? Whenever we speak at events, we talk about the history of cannabis, both as medicine and in policy. And it's really important to talk to people about that because so many people have misinformation and it's just been encompassed into how we talk to people and open minds because it's so important to roll that information out as new states come on board. Mm -hmm. And uh, we really try to bring that into our speaking engagements, when we talk at other speaking events, uh, we tout being an active and responsible steward of the industry. We encourage people to always be very professional, to collaborate with one another. We're not in the industry to compete against one another. It's very important that we work together as much as possible. And, you know, since we're forging new territory, we understand the importance of providing our expertise and knowledge to people that are just now joining the industry. Yeah, for sure. You guys are old school and have a lot to offer, uh, definitely. Um, okay, so, I mean, that that leads into the third pillar, bringing everyone together. The community uh, might be a little bit harder one to talk about, but, but let's talk about your leadership as far as creating community amongst the cannabis business environment. 
Well, on a very local level, you know, we've lived and worked in Boulder for many years, and there's so many ways to be active in our community here uh, that are also really fun. We we do tube to work day. Have you ever heard of that? We actually tube have to work day. We have a tube <laughs> cool. to work day where, um, yeah, I think there were probably a thousand people that participated last year, but we had a good time doing that. Uh, we also uh, put together days of thanks where everybody in our business picked a nonprofit that they were very passionate about and we donated to each one of those nonprofits as a company. And uh, I think that that really stems into the uh, importance that we put on our clients in other markets uh, that are you know, just joining the cannabis industry to also give back to their local communities. It's, it's definitely ingrained in what we do. Absolutely. That's, that's a great, great company culture to establish. Um, yeah. Similarly, NCIA, if an, if an employee wanted to go volunteer for a cause they care about, we have, we have that ability for employees to go take a volunteer day as, as just one of our um, benefits. So I can totally relate to that. Um, we've got a couple more minutes before we have to take a break, but uh, let's just talk a little bit about the work you've been doing over the last year or so. And and just kind of mention some of the wins that you've achieved. As I mentioned, you've been involved in licensing in various states across the country. Jay, can you speak to that? Bethany, we had a phenomenal uh, 2017 and 2018 is certainly off to a rocking start as well. Um, Last year was huge for us. Uh, Beginning of the year, we were coming off of uh, just being notified that we won six of the licenses in Maryland for dispensary. Uh, Moving on into 2017, we won three of the dispensary licenses in Pennsylvania, each one of those, of course, being good for three shops. So we're, we're very busy out there. Oh, wow. Helping to various degrees get a, get nine dispensaries opened up. Um, in Ohio, at the end of 2017, we were notified we won two of the cultivation licenses, which was huge. Uh, we did really well in Arkansas recently. We did really well in Texas and in California Although, of course, it's not very competitive at the state level, there are a lot of local, highly competitive dispensary application processes, and we've done really well there over the last 15 months, uh, winning our share of dispensary licenses as well. Wow, that's a whole lot of licenses. And Maryland's my home state, so congratulations on that. As a person who is an activist since the early 2000s in Maryland, it is so awesome to see dispensaries actually opening up in the state finally, like, you know, 15 years later. (laughs) Um, All right, we have to break and take a quick commercial break, but we'll be right back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. At Alternative Vibes, our core values of quality, loyalty, respect, and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services. Whether you are looking for a more natural way of living, shopping essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals, we are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at AlternativeVibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. AlternativeVibes.com. 
Cannabis concentrates have been around for thousands of years. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network. Founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, and we've been chatting with Jay and Diane Zarkowski from Canna Advisors. Uh, Let's just jump right back in. We've been talking about your company's involvement in advocacy and education for the industry over the years, Um, and that work, as, as you've just mentioned, has taken place in a lot of different states, a lot of different cultures across the country. Uh, Diane, can you talk a little bit more about that and and how this work has evolved over the years? Sure. It's, uh, It's something that we strive with all of our clients as they're working in these new markets, especially to really do a lot of outreach to their uh, local and state level uh, legislators because they sometimes are less aware of even the programs that are going in their own states. So it's our opportunity to educate them about those programs and also, you know, give them a very human aspect to why it's so important. So we encourage people to tell stories about people that they know that are using cannabis. Uh, we encourage them to know the stats that, you know, we we're now finding out that cannabis is actually an exit drug, that crime doesn't go up in communities where it's legalized, it actually goes down, that uh, adolescent use is going down. And those conversations are happening more and more. And it's really encouraging to see how much those conversations have improved over the years. I can remember uh, it was very easy to tell where we stood on those issues when we would go back to uh, lobby days in D.C. and the level of people that would take a meeting with us. And sometimes those meetings were even held out in the hallways. They weren't even... You know, we weren't even brought into the offices mm-hmm. and now we're actually meeting, you know, with senators themselves, which is a real treat. It shows that the conversation is becoming uh, more prevalent in their minds as well. Yes, absolutely. We've seen that progress at Lobby Days over the years, for sure, being taken more seriously. They're actually engaging us with meaningful, substantial questions. They actually do want to learn from us now more and more, which is fantastic. Um, So getting more specific about the work you're doing in these 
various states. California, it's a big one, obviously, sixth largest um, economy in the world. They have finally legalized for adults uh, and you do work in that state. So from your perspective, what's going on in there and what kind of work is still left to be done in this gigantic state? Well, that's been an interesting evolution. There are businesses that have been operating there for years who now have to make a sudden shift into a regulated environment. And uh, the, the local municipalities are left to come up with their own ideas of how they're going to license these businesses. And it's a requirement for these businesses to get their local licenses first mm. and then get their state licenses. So we've been working with a number of businesses that are going through those local licensing processes processes and sometimes those applications are competitive and there's only a limited amount of licenses to be awarded Mm -hmm. Um, so it's very challenging we have to really think about uh, what can we do to make that client differentiate themselves from all the other people that are sending in their applications and we've also been working with businesses to help them expand into new doc into new markets and make sh- making sure that they're documenting all of their standard operating procedures so that they can make sure that they're adhering to all these new regulations that are coming into place. Mm, SOPs and compliance. Yes, that is that is the name of the cannabis industry these days. <laughs> um, yeah, so so there's definitely other parts of the country. California is its own animal or a horse of its own color. Um, but in other parts of the country, other smaller states are implementing either adult use or at least medical cannabis. Uh, let's talk about some of those smaller states that you've worked in. I think you mentioned Maryland and Pennsylvania already. Uh, Jay, let's talk a little more about those other states. Sure. So it was pretty exciting back in 2012 when uh, 2012, Connecticut passed a medical marijuana bill legislatively. And then, of course, Massachusetts passed a medical marijuana bill by a popular vote in 2012. Mm-hmm. So those were really the first two states to roll out any kind of a competitive merit-based application process We, of course, got involved in both of those two states. Um, The license that we won in Connecticut, uh, that facility has been fully operational for three years. Um, And Connecticut continues to slowly expand its medical program. In fact, there's currently an open application process for, I don't know, another half a dozen uh, dispensary licenses in Connecticut. And uh, we're, we're going back in for one. Uh, as oh, well. great. So they're treading very slowly. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're going slow. They're, they're, they haven't uh, taken too much of an interest in rec. Massachusetts, uh, that program has been really slow to roll out. I think currently there's, I don't know, 17 or 19 dispensaries open. And again, this is from a bill that was passed uh, four and a half years ago. Oh, wow. So I'm sorry, five and a half years ago. So it's been a real slow rollout there, but it yeah. continues to plod forward. Massachusetts just put in place uh, some pretty exciting new regs uh, to support the rollout of uh, their new rec program. And I will tell you that a lot of different people are going to have an opportunity to play. Uh, There's some similarities to California, believe it or not. There's in terms of number of licenses and abilities for people to get involved uh, and potentially profit from the program. I'll mention Maryland, a state where licenses were issued approximately 15 months ago. You know, that program continues to roll out you know, at a, at a fairly decent pace. You have dispensaries that are open right now. Cultivation facilities are opening up. Uh, it continues to roll out. Uh, we're, of course, active there, opening a number of shops. And then I mentioned Pennsylvania previously. Uh, cultivation facilities are being built. Uh, dispensaries are being built out. 
Uh, that program is quickly becoming online. It's going to come on slow. There's going to be supply shortages. But again, these are all steps in the right direction, right? In all of these states, they've certainly come a long, long way from the days of prohibition. So steps in the right direction. Totally agree. Uh, so further south in Florida, that's that's also its own little world down there. It's kind of a big deal. Uh, what's your insight into what's going on there? So Florida has been fascinating. I like to describe Florida as uh, the most dysfunctional medical cannabis program in the union. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we were very bullish, you know, two, three years ago. Diane and I, along with Can Advisors, were, were big supporters of Florida, Florida's Amendment 2. Mm-hmm. We were very involved down there, both with our time and with our money. Uh, we helped raise a bunch more. And we got Amendment 2 passed by a 72% margin. You would think the politicians would agree to implement the will of the people, but uh, they have not. And at this point, you got a handful of shops open. You got people suing the state, the state suing other agencies. It's a, it's a disaster. Um, the business opportunities right now are minimal, and this is in a state of 20 million people. And of course, you know who's suffering the most? The four or five hundred thousand patients down there that could really use this plant as medicine. Right. All right. So lots of lots of uh, mess and chaos to still work through in Florida. Okay. Um, so. How about Michigan? Um, I'm hearing a lot of rumblings that are encouraging in that direction. They've had medical cannabis programs of sorts in the past, but there's there's definitely a strong movement toward adult use legalization. What's your insight there? Michigan is rolling out very similarly to California. It's one of those markets where early on they pass legis- legislation for medical marijuana access for patients, but there was never any framework put into place for regulating the businesses that serve those patients. So those mm-hmm. businesses were always operating in this very gray area. And now we're moving into them getting licensed as well. Uh, they have a number of uh, local licensing uh, that's going on right now. We've helped a number of clients with those local licenses and, uh, you know, then they'll have the state license that will layer on top of that. So very similar to California and those businesses that have been kind of self-regulating themselves are now having to adjust and uh, making sure that they're compliant with the local and state regulations. Yep, makes sense. Well, it looks like they're moving in the right direction. Um, We'll have to keep watching that state, of course. Uh, We have to break in just a minute for commercial, but I I don't want to neglect those those states that have, you know, never really had a cannabis program, but but they will at some point, one hopes. Uh, I mean, states like Virginia and West Virginia, I mean, West Virginia with their opioid uh, problems as well are great candidates for a cannabis program. Do you have any insight into those states that like don't have anything going on? Is there is there something happening soon? Bethany, these are for sure unprecedented times. Uh, we're at a tipping point in the industry. I was just reflecting back as you were asking this question. You know, four or five years ago, we were maybe talking about one state with a new program, maybe mm-hmm. two states with a new program. How many states have we already talked about today? To, to answer your question. Ooh, like a dozen. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw four more in there real quick. So yep. Virginia just passed a bill and they will be coming out with an application at some point in the next quarter or two quarters where Virginia, uh, somewhat similar to Florida, they're going to take the approach of trying to award uh, 
uh, I believe, five vertically integrated licenses. We'll okay. see how that rolls out. But again, from a, a, a big state with you know historic and prohibition, this is a big step. And then right next door, West Virginia, absolutely. An application process will happen in the next quarter or two. It's going to be more of a horizontal program, a smaller number of uh, cultivator processor licenses, along with a l- little bit of a larger number of dispensary licenses. Mm-hmm. North Dakota, it's a small state, not too exciting, but uh, in, two in, a, in, in two weeks or so, applications are due in North Dakota for cultivation, processing, and dispensary. But I'm going to save the best for last. Let's talk about New Jersey and spend a couple of minutes. So state of the great state of New Jersey, population 9 million people, they probably have a black market there worth a billion dollars. And there's Governor Christie for the last eight years suppressing this this medical marijuana program. You got a new governor in place right now. Not only is he all about just getting a rec bill passed, but he is going to greatly expand the current medical program. And this is probably the most important thing for listeners to know out there right now is New Jersey probably provides the nearest term opportunity to get involved in a brand new state. Um, I don't know all the details. You know, everybody's speculating. I am on the board of the Industry Association in New Jersey, and I know what we're pushing for. But I believe in the next two to three months, we're going to see the announcement of a greatly expanded medical program in New Jersey, where there will be a fairly decent number of additional licenses available for people to compete for. And that's probably the state that I'm the most excited about right now. My, how the tables have turned. All right, we're going to jump and take a quick commercial break and then come right back and talk more with Jay and Diane Zarkowski of Canna Advisors. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Fuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way.
Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, we're back and we're wrapping up our conversation with Jay and Diane Zarkowski of Canna Advisors, a consulting firm based in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, when we started off the show, uh, obviously congratulated you on winning NCIA's Industry Excellence Award. Uh, that took place at our Seed to Sale show here in Denver last February. We are moving the Seed to Sale show out to Massachusetts next year. It'll be in Boston in 2019. Uh, you mentioned you've done some work in Massachusetts recently or currently. Is that true? Can you go over that again? We've been to Massachusetts, I guess, since they uh, since they passed the bill back in 2012. So, yeah, it's been a long, wild ride there. We were fortunate enough to be part of three of the original winning teams that won three of the first 20 vertically integrated licenses out there, and that dates, dates back to 2013, 2014. Uh, more currently, now that the program has opened up a bunch more, yes, we do have a number of active projects in Massachusetts uh, with the new bill that's uh, better defining the rec program. It looks like there's going to be lots more opportunities for us as long, uh, along with some of the you know smart, bright, hardworking people in Massachusetts to get involved and really build a robust industry in Massachusetts. Very exciting state for us right now. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, of course, Shalene Titles out there. She she went from industry to being a regulator in that state, which I find super exciting. And she's been doing great work out there as well. Um, so, Lobby Days is coming up in May, May 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Diane, as you mentioned, you've attended almost every year since we started doing it, and you've got some really great perspective about how it's grown, how it's matured. You've already mentioned how members of Congress are taking us more seriously and actually letting us into their offices now. Um, and, and with Lobby Days coming up in just a few weeks, literally, um, can you talk a bit about your experiences lobbying recently? last year last year was a big year for us we had 250 people that class photo is getting bigger and bigger every year what was it like for you last year lobbying in 2017 last year was a great year for for me as well i got to take my son tyler who's also involved in the industry uh, he actually works with us now at can advisors so it was really great having him there along with me and he was blown away by the whole experience uh and then really the highlight for me i got to meet elizabeth warren yeah and you know she's such a great champion for us and she's helped us she's helping us work on getting banks to work with businesses in our industry and um i actually handed her a book uh that was written about a, a number of the women in the industry breaking the grass ceiling and gave her a copy and so she was happy to know too how women are involved in the cannabis industry and really encouraged us to keep up the good work. So that was thrilling for me. Oh, yeah, that is awesome. Elizabeth Warren is such a cool one. It, we, we do have some really great people in Congress. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Jay, we got to get you out there one of these days. <laughs> one of these days, but as you know, I'm not the diplomatic type, Bethany. <laughs> Well, you're a lot of fun, at least. I mean, I'm sure there's some members of Congress that, that would appreciate hearing from you and hearing your perspective. <laughs> Send me into the most hostile offices. I'll straighten those people out. 
we're going to send you directly to Attorney General Jeff Sessions. In fact, we're going to we're going to send you in and we'll block out a good hour. Um, we might have to send some beers in with you, too, though. <laughs> I'll, come out, I'll, I'll come out this year to meet with, to meet with Jeffy. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, I do want to encourage all of our listeners um, to join us at NCIA's Lobby Days this year. You do have to be an NCIA member to attend, uh, but if you're not yet a member, now's the best time to join. Uh, this year, we are expecting over 300 cannabis business professionals to join us on Capitol Hill. Um, all the usual activities, welcoming reception, breakfast, training session so we give you all your talking points give you etiquette of how to speak with your members of congress if you've never lobbied before and maps of where to go navigating around the various house and senate buildings and every time i tell people about this just wear comfortable shoes those concrete floors definitely start to wear on your feet and legs after a day or two of walking around but it's such a wonderful experience it's fantastic um and the press conference will be happening again as well um for more information about that uh, head to www.thecannabisindustry.org slash lobby days 2018 well we got to wrap up the show in about 30 seconds here but i want to thank you both jay and diane for joining me again on the podcast for ncia and i look forward to seeing you all quite soon thank you bethany it's always a pleasure bethany always a pleasure we'll talk to you soon absolutely all right thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of ncia's cannabis industry voice on cannabis radio until next time The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.